Hello everyone and welcome to One for All, a weekly podcast where one married couple rewatches and reviews the anime My Hero Academia. As always, I am your host Tanner and, I, and with me is my other host who's always here. Nancy. If you were surprised by that, you haven't been listening. Wah, wah, At least wah. not very closely. No. I, after 13 episodes, 14 episodes, mm-hmm. you should know who's on the show. If you don't, you're bad and you should feel bad. Shame. Shame. Hey, we're recording from a power, not a power outage, an internet outage. Yes. No internet. We're completely blind. We don't have our notes. We don't have our notes. Who knows what will happen this episode? We, we can't look up the Googles? Nope. We, no, no Google Docs. No, none of that. But you know what? It's not like this is a significant episode or anything that we're doing this for. It's only season two, episode one. Mm. Yeah, we, we know how to pick them. But this had to get recorded and it's Friday and we're going to do it. Yeah. On time. But yeah, this is the start of season two. We just had uh, last week our uh, season one like, wrap, up. wrap up episode. And we're officially into season two of the show and season two of this show. Yes, that is also true. We've stuck it out for the whole time. But have you? But have you, <laughs> listener? We don't know yet. <laughs> we don't know yet. As of today, there are only four episodes up in the feed, mm-hmm. uh, as of recording, at least. If you're listening to this, there's more right now. Yes. Um, but we just started putting up the episodes. It's been fun to watch the data. We as have it listeners comes in. from all over the world. Yeah, That's we really do. Really exciting. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. You probably. Have spent most of the time listening to the show thinking like, ungrateful, good for nothings, don't thank me for actually listening. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do at the end of every episode, but Mm -hmm. now we actually know that you're real. Yes. And you're there. You're not hypothetical people. That's true. From people from Sweden and Portugal and Ukraine. And Ukraine. It's true. This season, season two, features the sports festival arc. This is my favorite arc. Spoiler alert. Very similar to Naruto's tune-in exams. Which is also my favorite arc. <laughs> um, it's really good. I don't know where all the seasons rank for me, but season two is definitely up towards the top, if yeah. not the top. I'm really looking forward to this season. I don't remember exactly where we start on season one, if, if episode one is like a recap or how quickly it jumps into its main progression, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, if I remember there's, I think this episode is mostly build up and then moving into the action for, for mostly next episode. But I feel like I'm often wrong on remembering things, so who knows? Well, I mean, we'll find out soon enough. In fact, we're going to go watch the episode right now because we still have power. Yes. And we have Blu-rays. Blu-rays. Yay, physical media. Yay, physical media. You'll probably never hear us say that again, but (laughs) thank goodness it's here today. It is season two, episode one. That's the idea, Ochako. All right, and we're back. We just finished that episode up, which, as it turns out, was about half recap and half... Character work? Character work. Yeah. We kick off right into the, like, superheroes are a thing, quirks are a thing. Yeah, basically, if you didn't see last season... Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. We all have quirks, except for Deku when he was little, and he always idolized All Might. And then he eventually got quirks. Got a quirk. Hooray! And this is the story of how he became the greatest hero. The greatest hero. The greatest hero. One thing I do want to touch upon here is they mentioned specifically that the first quirk was found in China. And I I wonder if we're ever going to find out why that was. 
I'm going to assume it's because China has the largest population in the world. So statistically, if quirks are going to show up in one specific country, it's going to be in China. That is a very good point. Okay. I, I, I more meant if there was something behind the emergence of oh, quirks. Oh, I mean, there could be too. We don't know. Because <laughs> I, I feel like it's a very specific mm-hmm. detail to say yes. it emerged here. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you could just say, like, it emerged on this date or around this time. Yeah. I mean, it also could be the fact that, (laughs) you know, China and Japan are so close, so it's, you know, relevant to a Japanese audience. But, yeah. There are a ton of reasons why. I was just wondering if we would ever find that out. Up up until now, we, Mm -hmm. we have not. We have not. The part of the recap we, that where we get new stuff is a letter narrated by All Might. Yes. Where... He's writing to a teacher. He's writing to a teacher about... A teacher of his. A teacher of his about finding a successor and how... That's a, why he went to UA. Yeah, it's why he went to UA. But first he found Deku. And he found Deku first. But he, he's he's a terrible teacher and may need to rely on this... Guidance. <laughs> gui- this old, old man's guidance in the future. We do see this guy briefly. Mm-hmm. Very briefly. He's a costumed hero. He's super short. He's super old. And he eats... These pastries, these, these little like fish-shaped like fish. pastries. I don't know what they actually are. I looked it up once, um, and apparently they're uh, they're filled with like paste, like red bean paste or chocolate and stuff like that. And you make them with a special. People don't care about this. Why am I going into this? No, no, tell me. I yeah, need to be educated. They make them with this special little pan that looks like a fish, and that's why they look like fish. Interesting. There you go. <laughs> I learned something today. Yeah. One thing I find interesting about this scene is we get All Might's name for the first time. I think. Yep. Toshinori? Yep, that is correct. Because to this old man, he's not All Might. No. The mighty hero. He is that idiot student yep. that he had <laughs> back in the day. We do get a recap on the villain situation. Yes. And uh, we learn that, um, the story is picking up like the next day. So there's not really even like a break. Uh, and we learn that 72 of them were arrested. 72? There's a little brief news clip, but we get into more detail with the meeting amongst the teachers and the detective from last season. Yep, where he kind of goes over like, hey, we don't have any information on Shigaraki or what is it, Kurogiri? Kurogiri, yep. Um, We don't know who they are. They're basically nobodies with unregistered quirks who exist on the underbelly of society. Mm -hmm. We don't really know a lot about them. We did arrest all these has been baby villains yeah though yeah and we also get some reflections from all might on shigaraki like we know we weren't oh he's you know a young man in his 20s or 30s but all might points out the fact that based on his i guess emotional instability that he is impulsive and childish they call him a man child a man child a man baby i mean i feel like if it was american he'd be the star of romantic comedy or something the only like man that. baby <laughs> in in this show is Minetta. yeah uh, <laughs> But yeah, they're like, this guy has frightening power and he is not emotionally mature. No. And that is really terrifying. Everybody Mm -hmm. is kind of grumbling about how this is a really dangerous situation. Yeah. That this guy is definitely going to try something again Mm -hmm. once he is recovered and that they really need to figure out who he is and what he's up to, but they don't have any leads right now. Yeah. And they're concerned that villains because they're kind of you know under the boot of heroes right now would be drawn to his sort of childish goals and stuff like that so the police mentioned that they will be investigating 
Yep. So it seems like, based on this, that because the superheroes do most of the muscle work, that the police officers are often, they're often the techs of doing the research. There was some good foreshadowing in this scene, too, yeah. for things that will come later on in the season, where, I think it's Midnight, mentions that, you know, th- this guy is really dangerous, he's really childish, but mm-hmm. imagine what would happen if somebody actually cultivated it may have been the principle but yeah what would happen if someone were to cultivate that that malice yeah yeah because like he's immature and impulsive right now but what if somebody with his level of power was a little more together yeah and i think it's also interesting we're bringing up the idea oh what if he had a mentor because you know this episode's already touched on that we have all might writing to his mentor and he's talking about picking a mentor so the idea of mentor mentee relationship feels important yeah we also see all might really consider this like he's got a thought jumbling around in his head but we don't get to hang around and see what that is we actually catch up with deku for a little bit and he's watching that video again of all might saving (laughs) all the people yeah which i think is kind of funny like it makes sense because from a storytelling perspective like hey you know we're sort of situating everything people may not have seen season one but i'm like dude you see the guy in real life every day you're gonna watch that video again but you know he does point out in this moment that he's so far away from that right now this was the quintessential shonen inner monologue yeah the i'm too weak to be where i need to be i'm gonna have to get stronger so people can rely on me and not have to save my ass all the time as he's (laughs) he's pumping iron like lifting weights reflecting on this and that's all it really was like i had to get saved at usj Mm -hmm. and i am supposed to be the successor to this person who has entrusted his power to me and i am just not where i need to be Mm -hmm. i need to keep moving forward with intent mm-hmm. uh, to do better. And you can see in the scene he has a bandage on his hand from the fingers yep. that he broke. Well, that weren't healed, I should say. Yes. Uh, and then his mom calls him and she's like, it's dinner time and they have a very yummy looking pork cutlet sort of noodle dish. It looks very tasty. <laughs> the noodle dish. Yeah. I think we zip from this scene right to the school. Mm-hmm. Where we catch up with the class. Like I said, this this first half of the episode is like big recap. Yeah. Catch up with everybody. Where's yeah. everyone at? And everyone's talking about the news. Because mm-hmm. they were all on the news. And the poor invisible girl is like, I didn't stand out at all. She's invisible. Yep. <laughs> the poor, poor girl. Everybody's got a different like take on it. Some people are like, it was awesome. Like All Might was so great. Yeah. Like We hear that a lot. They're talking about... Very different things depending on their relationship with what happened uh, and their own personality. Like mm-hmm. the people who are kind of full of themselves are like, yeah, like I was on TV, like I did the thing. We're stars. We're stars. <laughs> and then other people were like, that all might did a great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are like, well, that was really scary. Mm-hmm. Like everybody is in a different place yes. coming out of this. And that is pretty important to to soak in. Yeah, and then you have Tanya running in the door being super intense, being like, class is starting, everyone sit down. And they're like, chill, man. Chill. We, are, we are all sitting down, <laughs> except for you. You gonna fall asleep over there? I've only had one cup. I need another coffee. Uh, <laughs> Mister. Speaking of people who are tired all the time, Mr. Aizawa busts in in bandages and everyone's like, you shouldn't be here. You should be at the hospital. Because he's a mummy. And he's like, no, <laughs> my well-being doesn't matter because we have more to do 
the UA Sports Festival is coming up. And everybody in the class seems to know what this is. Yeah, and it's first we get this reaction being like a super normal school event, which we definitely appreciate as non-Japanese viewers. Because I don't think we have the equivalent of sports festivals here. Like, there's homecoming and stuff like that. But this is clearly different than that. And we also learn after the commercial break that this is clearly different than a normal sports festival is normally. Yeah, it is a, a totally different sports festival. They actually mentioned in the class, like, we can't believe that we're having this sports festival because we just got attacked. Like, mm-hmm. is that a great idea? And Mr. Aizawa kind of outlines that it would be a PR nightmare for them to cancel this event because it would make it look like they were, like, really weak. Yeah. Uh, so they need to just move ahead as planned to show that they are not phased by what happened. Yeah. And that their security is on point. And he specifically says that they're going to increase security to like five times what it has been in previous years. Yeah, and we also get a good explanation of why the sports festival... Well, we get some explanation of why the sports festival is so important. We finally get to talk about this. We mentioned it in season one. But they talk about how, you know, back when the population was bigger, there used to be the Olympics, these big worldwide events. They don't happen anymore. And then they have like the sports festival, which is sort of the youngest and brightest upcoming superheroes is kind of a replacement for that, at least for Japan and for the world too, to a certain extent. And I remember the first time I heard that and he just kind of goes on and I'm like, wait a minute, wait, wait, you can't what? just drop in. You know, we used to have these giant Olympic events, but you know, a lot of people are dead now, so we can't do that anymore. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, realistically, like we took it that way on first listen, but mm-hmm. it could just be that people are having less kids. Yeah. Like, because population control is a yeah. concern. We don't know the scenario mm-hmm. around yeah. that factoid, but it is notable because it seems like really important and yeah. it's not touched on. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I was led to believe that there was maybe some sort of a phase with lots of villainy before All Might, for example. And as a result, it had a serious impact on the population. I mean, we'll touch upon later in the series that there is a time period where superpowered villainy was a major problem. Yeah. Not to go into specifics about that, mm-hmm. but there was definitely like a dark. Yeah. And there were heroes before All Might that we'll learn about later. But anyways, there are other reasons why this particular event is important, and that's because there'll be scouts there. Yep, all the big hero agencies come to watch the up-and-comers, and and it's really important for up-and-coming heroes to show their stuff because these are the agencies that will send them offers for internships, sidekicks, Mm -hmm. like everything else. And a lot of people who don't manage to shine here become eternal sidekicks. They never hit the top of the gig. Yeah, there's, um, Jiro makes a little sarcastic comment to Kaminari being like, hey, you seem like the type that to remain an internal sidekick because you're not very bright. Because you're dumb. <laughs> yeah. You're so dumb. I feel like Jiro has a major crush on Momo and just doesn't mm-hmm. like this guy very much at all. Get in the way. <laughs> they, well, the three of them, I think we saw them together last mm-hmm. season and we continue to see them on and off together, mm-hmm. like, throughout the yeah. series. But I've always gotten the impression that she's romantically interested in Momo from their interactions. Maybe. Which you haven't seen much of yet. But there's no. there's more of it down the road. It just, mm-hmm. it occurred to me because, oh my god, last season when she was missing her shirt. Uh, and Jiro was like, no, don't look. <laughs> well, even before that, she was, like, super embarrassed. Like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, we'll stop talking about 
shipping these two for a bit i just get excited i ship people okay Mm -hmm. it's a thing that i do it is interesting to know that during this discussion deku was looking a little overwhelmed would you say like he's not like quite as enthused as the rest of the class probably because he knows that when he uses his power he breaks his limbs but but everyone else is super pumped including ochako who is out of character intense about it yeah screaming at the class and everyone's like whoa uh, and they mentioned that they never really found out why ochako wants to become a hero mm-hmm. and they ask her at lunch mm-hmm. in this episode and and by they we mean deku uh, t- and, and tenya and she says that she she wants to be a hero for the money because her parents run a construction firm and they don't have like a whole lot of work. And like as a result, they're flat broke mm-hmm. and their life is pretty hard. And I like this because I feel like usually when people are like, oh, you just want to be a hero for the money. That's usually an insult, sort of like, oh, like you're not really passionate about it. But as Tenya points out in this moment, like someone's livelihood is really important. And people that have been, especially people that have been without money will know that especially. So people like Ochako, I'm saying. So I like the fact that her wanting to support her family with money isn't viewed as being a bad thing. Yeah, supporting them with money is one thing. She can make heavy equipment lighter Mm -hmm. with her powers, which is brought up, which would be very helpful. And also if she's a famous licensed hero, her parents' business will get attention by virtue of her own fame, which will be valuable. We actually get a flashback here of young Ochakro. She's so cute. She's so cute. Very sad that she can't help her parents. And her parents being good parents and being like, it's really nice that you want to help us, but we would just be happy with you pursuing your dreams. Yeah. Which is nice. We have lots of good parents on this show so far. Yeah, we'll meet... We'll talk about that later. We'll meet some not <laughs> so great parents down the road. Mm-hmm. But Tenya is really supportive of this. He he screams bravo and yeah. claps his hands because he's a good... He's a good... He's a good friend. He's a good... I'm getting all choked up over here. <laughs> and in this moment, we see All Might kind of peek around the corner. He wants to have lunch with and Deku. And he wants to have lunch with Deku and he has his little bento box and a little pretty little napkin and Ochako finds this very amusing. <laughs> yeah, uh, they go to lunch together and everyone's like, well, I wonder why Why All Might wants to have lunch with Deku. And they point out a couple possibilities where Tenya's like, well, Deku did run out to save him. Yeah, and he's like, and Jiro did point out that their powers are similar. Or so. Sue. Oh, Sue. I'm sorry. Sue did point out that their powers are similar, so maybe he would want to, you know, mentor him. Yeah, maybe they're going to be buddy-buddy because they're similar. And everyone feels this is a a plausible set of explanations, so nobody really questions it. But you do get this one moment with Todoroki turning around being like, oh, their powers. How interesting. Hmm, This is interesting. Yeah. We'll get to that in a few episodes. (laughs) He's going to draw the wrong impression. Yep. But we get... To see our little lunch between uh, Deku and All Might in his office, mm-hmm. not at the lunch table, in which they kind of recap, read Deku's powers mm-hmm. uh, and the development of those powers. They touch on the fact that Deku managed not to break his arm once in a fight yes. last season and what was different about that. All Might asks whether or not he'll be participating mm-hmm. in the sports festival and what he's going to do. About the fact that he breaks his bones every time yeah. he does and it's, something. It's important to point out the reason why he was able to use his powers on Nomu that one time. That didn't work, obviously. But he didn't hurt himself. And 
because it was the first time he was using his powers on another person. Yeah, he unconsciously stopped himself yeah. from Yeah, and someone. All Might sees that as real growth, I think. Well, yeah, he even says Any that. growth. He sees that as but growth, and he sees that as a sign that this sports festival will be a real time for him to shine. And this is really important. The end of this episode is framed in a specific way. The reason why All Might is talking to him about this and is really on him is that All Might has a 50-minute muscle form window now. Mm-hmm. He has expended more I thought he said it was an hour and a half in this moment mm. I thought he said 1.5 hours I, which is weird because I'm pretty sure last season he said one hour yeah it's, it's <laughs> been inconsistent but yeah. the, the point is that it has gone down yes it's shrinking. again and he's running out of time and he knows that he will only be able to be the symbol of peace for a little while longer yeah. and he knows too that based off of what happened at USJ he at least suspects that some villains have taken notice of this and they are already starting to move. And so what he needs from Deku in the sports festival is to show the world that there is hope coming. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a real example of, like, it's a very good dramatic moment and it's a good way to end the episode. But it is way too much pressure to put on a 15-year-old boy who is barely learning how to control his powers. And for whom you are a godlike figure. Yeah. Deku worships the ground that he walks on. He's going to take these words incredibly seriously. And I feel like All Might makes a bad call in this scene. He does admit in the very first scene with him that he has a lot to learn about being a teacher and I think this is an example of it. Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. No, but not it's, at all. He doesn't always think of the, the consequences of how he coaches mm-hmm. people and teaches people. We see that time and again. We saw that last season with Bakugo when yeah. he was like, I need to either, in that same episode, admonish him and stop him from doing something really bad. Mm-hmm. Two, I need to be there for him when he lost mm-hmm. and failed at doing both of those things. And we see it again now where he sets the stakes for his pupil unbelievably high. Yeah. And we'll see how that pans out over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know that Deku's going to do it. He's oh, gonna yeah. Go He's going to go for it. And this has a variety of lessons to teach him over the course of the season. Both of them. Both of them, yes. And I don't know, it, it just gets in, under my skin because I'm like, All Might, you've been here. You are the current symbol of peace. You know what it's like, how, what, like what the pressure is. But we, we also get into a situation where over the course of the series, we're going to get to see a little more or find out a little more about All Might like learning his mm-hmm. powers. And it never seemed like he struggled as much no. with some of this stuff. So maybe it's different. Yeah, and he, for he's, everyone. He's having a hard time coaching Deku through this because it came naturally to him. He mm-hmm. didn't really have to figure it out quite so the, the hard way. Mm-hmm. This episode also has peace sign as the opening, which I like a lot. Oh yeah, the it has a new opening and a new ending. And I like this opening a lot too. It's super catchy and kind of fun, laid back and fun. I like it a lot. Yeah, the ending is really catchy too. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite set of opening and endings mm-hmm. in, in the series thus far. But... Odd Future makes a real close play for it, though. Oh, yeah. We'll anyway, see that soon. <laughs> anyway, anyways, that's the first episode of the season. Mm-hmm. A bunch of recap, a bunch of setting up. Did you like the episode? I did. For all the fact that there was a lot of, like, I don't know, flashback moments and stuff like that, I understand that when you're at the beginning of a season that you can't assume that everyone has seen season one. There needs to be recap. 
And also, there's often a big gap in time between seasons. It's not like us rewatching where we're just, you know, one week to the next. It's usually like eight months yeah. at least. So even with all the recap, I feel like they did a good job sort of wrapping things up for the, the stuff from the League of Villains last season and then teasing what's going to happen this season with the sports festival storyline. Yep, I, I agree. I enjoyed it despite the fact that it was recap. It wasn't all recap, and I no. think that helped. Yeah, I mean, they had recap and then the interwove character moments and, you know, relationship moments in, in between the recap. So the hardest question of the day is who went beyond this week because we didn't get a whole lot of opportunities to go beyond. No, there weren't any fight scenes. There weren't really any suspenseful moments where characters had to outthink things. Are, are we giving it to Ochako this week because she yeah. is a, a good girl who wants to help her parents? Yeah, we're going to have to give it to Ochako because she loves her family. Yep. (laughs) I I mean, guys, not a whole lot happened in this episode. But I think that even if it did, that is a worthwhile nod. Yeah. Wanting to help other people is a core component of heroism. Exactly. And it doesn't necessarily matter that it is her family. No. Like, this is, these are people who are hard on their luck and do need help. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if they don't want her to spend her life doing that, she's going to find a way to make it work. And I really appreciate that. Her arc this season, I think, is actually really strong. Yeah. She doesn't get as much time, I feel like, in the center of the story than she did last season. She does not get the Todoroki treatment. Spoiler alert. Todoroki will have a bigger role this season. But the moments that she does have on camera, I feel like, say a lot about her. Yep. So... Uh, we approve. We'll get to an episode, which I think will be an interesting discussion, because I think it's it's one that is controversial within the yes. the fan base, and it will be interesting to discuss. But that's that's our episode for the week. We hope you enjoyed the kickoff of season two. We hope you enjoyed the recap of season one, mm-hmm. the wrap up. Uh, we had a lot of fun recording it. It was like double the length. Oh, last week's episode. Yep, yeah, of all of our other stuff. So. Hopefully you enjoyed it because we're presumably going to do another one at the end of season two. So if you did like it, please let us know on Twitter where you can reach us at one for all cast again at one for all cast (laughs) Twitter, Twitter snafu was a big problem. Please follow us in the right place. You can also find us on Twitter directly. I'm at Mezzer Engine. And I'm at Watch Nancy Tweet. Now, if you enjoy this program and you would like us to continue making it, please tell Apple Podcasts that or anywhere really where you can leave a rating or review. It is the quickest, easiest thing that you can do to help the show. We know we pound at this literally every week, but algorithms and robots rule the internet. And they decide who finds this show when they search My Hero Academia. So please help us get this program into more ears. As always, we want to thank you guys for listening. You're great. If you've been with us this long, we thank you so much. We got more great stuff for you to come. We want to thank Richard DaCosta for our opening and ending credits, which are fantastic. We love them. And of course, a very special thank you to my wife, Nancy, uh, for being on this podcast We also have things and stuff to buy. Things and stuff to buy, particularly books. Mm -hmm. We we like books. My wife is a librarian. She also writes books. Mm -hmm. Please check out Red and Black and Black and Blue on Amazon in print or ebook format. Maybe soon to be coming to Barnes and Noble, perhaps. We'll see. I'm working on it. (laughs) Maybe by the time this is out, it it probably will be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if that is where your preferred book 
book gathering is mm-hmm. uh, definitely go take a look there. We think it should be fine by then. Fingers oh, crossed. You've also got another book coming out uh, in June. Silver and gold. So make sure to be on the lookout for that if you like the first two entries. But that's it. Thanks so much, folks. We're going to see you next time for Roaring Sports Festival, episode two of season two. We'll see you then. See you then. <laughs>